Hi folks, welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium. And yes, I know it's the Russian GP preview and I know you might be struggling to find reasons to stay awake this weekend. But this is exactly what this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium is all about. Giving you reasons to stay awake this weekend. And here's all that we're going to discuss on today's episode. Firstly, why Sochi might not be so boring after all. We also discuss more on potentially the first clean fallout from a Lewis vs Max crash this season. We get the stats preview by Sundaram, discussing the VTB Russian GP, seemingly a bit of a funny name this one. And can we finally start taking McLaren seriously everywhere? And what happens to Ferrari in this case? All of this on this episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits to Podium. Hey there folks, welcome in, welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits to Podium. It is time for Sochi, time for the Russian GP. And Kunal, I don't think we can say it feels so good to be back. I can, well, I'm going to tell you exactly why it feels so good to be back. Uh-huh. And, you know, you started off very well saying it's a Russian Grand Prix. Are we all going to fall asleep? But, you know, we'll give you reasons why not to fall asleep. And um, yes, it's a circuit that Herman Pilke probably isn't most proud of, apart from all the rubles he would have made. And uh, yes, it's a circuit in which you don't really think much of the circuit apart from sector one, literally, you know, after you turn right, you pretty much just are turning left, right everywhere before (laughs) you move on. And, uh, but there is a lot to look forward to. One of the things that gets me excited the most, and this is the most offhandish thing you'll hear anywhere, at least I think so, okay, Mm -hmm. is you have Formula One, Formula 2 and Formula 3 all on the same weekend for the first time in 2021. Now, yes, you might say, hey, but they raced uh, together, you know, last year as well, last season as well. But the difference back then was that they had one sprint and one feature race. But this time they have two sprints and one feature race. And then, of course, a practice and a qualifying. So, the, the the marshals and the circuit staff and all other people, including the volunteers who are bringing the Russian Grand Prix to us, are, are going to be doing a phenomenal job because we've never had so many races put all in together on a weekend, right? At least based on my uh, rough math, Somil. And this could also mean that if there is some sort of a delay in one junior category, it could have sort of a spillover effect elsewhere as well. So, Yes, that's one of my reasons to watch. And then Nikita Mazepin, of course, it's his home race. He got announced or confirmed as Haas's driver for 2022. I'm not sure if there's much fanfare around, you know, Russian fans and a Russian driver at the Russian Grand Prix. Maybe it is in the Russian press. But yes, he's going to be driving. So we'll see if all that extra horsepower that, you know, uh, drivers usually say they get from fans Will that lead him to spinning out more because he couldn't oh. handle that horsepower? One doesn't know. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> oh, my. That, that is a good one. He's had a few incidents right here at Sochi a couple of years ago, as far as I can remember. And one that really got him in the press when he was going side by side at turn number three, the long left-hander. And, of course, we had a big crash that ended up causing a bit of a delay. And that could happen. But it's like it's like Formula One deliberately is giving a one-up to all the fans, saying that it's the circuit that you don't like the most. Here's all the junior categories and everything that that we all seem to love. So let's see. I think let's uh, let's hope if it actually has a positive effect on the overall weekend. And one interesting thing, Gunal, this time out of the Russian GP, the reason why I genuinely think that Sochi may not be so boring after all 
is the fact that we've got some context in the race weekend. Now, we had the same discussion at the French Grand Prix about the track being very dull, not offering many chances, but we saw what happened over there. All it takes is a little bit of context, and luckily, there is just so much of it this weekend. There is, and, uh, you know, Sochi Autodrome, it's a part of the 2014 Winter Olympics. I guess this is the closest motorsport gets to the Olympic summit. You know, it's like... <laughs> Uh, we will race at the venue because we can't be a part of the Olympics. And uh, I I remember, I think, Mexico, Barcelona, and maybe one other, uh, Montreal. Yes, I wrote it down. Yes, uh, are the other venues, Olympic venues that have also hosted, uh, uh, you know, that, that have also hosted a Formula One Grand Prix, you know, uh, being uh, also host Olympic cities, right? And then... Uh, the other interesting aspect is, again, a piece of history that's come from the Alpine F1 team, I think, or was it Aston Martin? I can't remember. In 1900, motorsports was actually a part of the Paris Olympics. Mm. No medals were given out to the competitors, and it still remains the only time in the modern era where motorsports was actually a part of the Olympics. So that's additional context and history as to why you know, this weekend is actually going to be you know, uh, uh, looked forward to. And I'm, I'm going to just take a jump forward in, you know, the title battle. I think every race here on, at least based on what we know today, the big unpredictable factor is going to be Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen battling wheel to wheel, not knowing how the outcome or what the outcome of that is going to be. And I'll, I'll explain it very, very simply. And this is, of course, something that Mark Hughes has explained extremely well in his uh, post after uh, Monza. So we know by now that Max Verstappen has said, I am not going to change, which means I am not going to yield, which means I'm expecting you to yield. And you in this case is Lewis Hamilton, right? Now in Monza, on the opening lap at turn four, Lewis actually yielded, right? So that was an indication to Max that Lewis is going to yield. Then when the incident happened where, you know, Verstappen ended up on Hamilton's car, Lewis actually did not yield, at least in Max's mind. So Lewis knows that Max is not going to yield. So it's a one and zero scenario there. But Max doesn't know if Lewis is going to yield or not. So it's like a gray area. And I think that is exactly why we are going to see them having at least a few more crashes. Although I hope not, but I'm just saying the recipe for disaster is exactly that, that gray area. It's a bit crazy. We're constantly wondering if we can actually see a clean fallout between this, uh, between this uh, fight between Lewis and Max Verstappen. And we've not seen that ever. After Silverstone, it was somewhat robbed away uh, in Hungary. And since then, the, the only time we've actually seen the wheel-to-wheel is this instance where, of course, we've had this major crash again. How many crashes do you think, Kunal, can we have until both of them eventually just make Valtteri Bottas the eventual champion? Who knows? Because every time they come wheel-to-wheel against each other, they just end up coming to blows, which is a bit odd, right? It, it, it takes away the essence of it that the two main competitors don't even fight against each other. When they do, nobody survives. It's a bit absurd, but I think it just adds to the drama. And this weekend at Sochi, there's a genuine layer of unpredictability because usually, of course, this is a Mercedes fortress, if I can borrow that word from the world of football. And right now, Red Bull have been on such an upturn. They've usually made all the Mercedes circuits their own. Can we even tell if they're, if they're actually going to be the ones fighting for a win this time out? There's a genuine layer of unpredictability surrounding it. 
There is. And, you know, we sent out a newsletter just uh, before the race where it says, why pole doesn't matter in Sochi? And that explains it fairly well. So Max Verstappen is not going to start on pole, obviously, because of his grid penalty from, from Monza. But that doesn't mean he's out of contention for the win. And then, of course, Red Bull has kept everyone under suspense as to which race in the season will Max actually take a grid penalty for taking his fourth power unit. Mm. Because that's also something in the offing after their multiple crashes, especially the crash in Silverstone Sommel. Indeed, yes, that's one thing on the cards. And momentum-wise, Kunal, who would you say actually has the edge? I, I suppose it would be Max because Lewis has been stuck on 99 GP wins for a very long time. I remember discussing this in the early part of the season. The halfway part has gone. We're needing the three-fourth part now and Lewis is still stuck right there. We saw, of course, in our mid-season stocks review that Red Bull Racing, as of right now, have eight GP wins and Mercedes only four so far this year. Uh, uh, honestly, one would say the pressure is more on Lewis to deliver now because the win hasn't come for a long time. It is, and he's a challenger. He's the one back uh, in points. And he, of course, knows that if Max has the faster car and if Max is behind him, he knows that Max is not afraid to make sure both of them don't finish. And when both of them don't finish... Okay, it's Lewis who actually loses out. And at this moment, like you said, only eight races to go. So every race that remains, uh, every race that goes by with Lewis not outscoring Max is just one lesser chance, Sonal. And it's a bit interesting. Uh, normally, we just end up looking down on Sochi. And, and of course, there's a valid reason for that because the racing genuinely has been astonishingly poor right here. But again, we said the same thing about Paul Ricard. We could say the same thing about so many other circuits. But the fact that we see this sort of context in the championship battle where we have to see why... I mean, we have to see who of the two comes out on top is going to be so much fun. Plus, the added layer of Verstappen having the crit penalty really makes for some good viewing. And Kunal, why is it? Why do you think that Sochi gets so boring over the years? Well, firstly... We know it's not the best circuit layouts. It's got a lot yeah. of 90-degree corners, fairly technical. Like I explained, after Sector 1, there isn't really much that is to look forward to. One big one big challenge, though, is the surface of, of Sochi. And it is so smooth that it offers almost no tire degradation. And they, had actually, they actually scratched the surface a few years ago to try and get some abrasiveness in the surface. And... Uh, because the tire degradation is so little, Sommel, it actually opens up uh, strategy for both undercutting and overcutting, right? So it's it's just that, that at the end of the day, the drivers just prefer to settle down in and see how the race unfolds uh, before, you know, before sort of hoping for something that comes up. And, you know, there's also this stat about every race or so many races out of so much time, uh, we've seen uh, a safety car. But the interesting part is that, and this is again courtesy of Aston Martin, right? So the first lap incidents in Sochi is most likely. And mm. uh, there have been more first laps, uh, safety cars, uh, I think in four out of the last five races, the, the safety cars actually came up on the first lap. And 70% uh, of safety cars action has come in the opening five laps, which means that if you try and make all the moves in the opening or laps of the race, opening 10% of the race, if I may call it that. And then you just prefer to settle down in and wait on seeing how strategy unfolds. And that settling down in is where the boredom actually comes in for all of us. 
And we were actually wondering about this, I think a year ago, when we were asking the question, is Formula 1 just a start sport right now? Just a first lap sport? And Sochi sometimes makes it feel like that. But let's not completely get down into uh, battering the circuit because it has produced a few good moments. Case in point, Raikkonen versus Bottas a few years ago, where last lap battles are also possible. So there is a chance of some good racing happening right here. And again, with more battles coming in, there could be more of that. But let's speak about someone who's actually been very good at Sochi right here. It's Valtteri Bottas. Of course, winner right here in 2020. In 2019, I think it was, or 18, it was robbed away from him. He's, he's traditionally been very good here. Winner, of course, in 2017 too. And one very interesting aspect, Kunal, is that the, and it's something that you mentioned early on in this year, is that the sponsor of this race, VTB, actually seems eerily similar to Valtteri Bottas. So can we call this the Valtteri Bottas Russian Grand Prix in a way? We can call it. And, he, you know, if he carries forward the form he had in Monza, there's a good chance it could be Valtteri Bottas winning the VTB Russian Grand Prix. That is if Mercedes let him win it. You know, uh, a couple of races ago, they were even scared to let him score the fastest lap point. That's how it is right now. And as it should be as well. So, yes, the Valtteri Bottas Russian Grand Prix. And you mentioned momentum, Samuel. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mind immediately, actually, at that instance, went to uh, Daniel Ricciardo and uh, McLaren, because of course they uh, they come to Sochi or they've come to Sochi as the winners of the last race, and uh, we all know how much Ricciardo has struggled, uh, you know, in 2021 and how long he's taken to settle into uh, the not so natural rhythm of driving McLaren, as everyone's been calling it. So. What can Daniel Ricciardo do or what will Daniel Ricciardo do? How well will he use this momentum to further his prospects in 2021? Because 2021, the star driver, the one driver outside of Max and Lewis, anyone's going to speak about for the years to come is going to be Lando Norris, right? Mm. So it all waits to be seen how Ricciardo is able to use this positive momentum starting exactly from Sochi. Let's discuss about McLaren in a little bit. Uh, we will do that in more depth because there's, of course, a greater layer added on to their battle with Ferrari right now after their win in Monza. But a word on Valtteri Bottas, Canal. It feels like he's liberated right now. Of course, not. I, I haven't been sacked and I, I get a feeling that you haven't been either. But when you get a feeling that you're leaving the company, the last few months you can just focus on your art, on doing things in a more passionate way, in a way you enjoy it. And we've come to the most Valtteri Bottas circuit of all Valtteri Bottas circuits. And so I get a feeling that if there's one person who can genuinely be the outsider in this one, it just has to be him. And it makes you wonder, well, then what about Sergio Perez? Is he going to be in the mix as well? Because often we've seen him do a good job in terms of what Red Bull wants as a second driver. But in absolute terms, there's, there's something just a little bit missing right there. Yes, it's always going to be the question about what will Sergio Perez end up doing in that Red Bull? And I think the strange thing is in Red Bull's race previews, Samuel, right? Uh, they actually spoke very well of uh, Checo's uh, outing in Monza, how he played the team player, he helped Max in qualifying and, and so on, right? So the question always will be, what can Checo Perez do? Can we see the Checo Perez of the old that we've all wanting, uh, we've all been wanting to see in the Red Bull? The, the Force India Checo Perez or the Racing Point Checo Perez racing for the, 
the Red Bull Checo Perez, or you guys know what I mean. Yeah, lots of Checo Perez. <laughs> and by the way, Checo also had a podium back in the day right here in Sochi. So it's not like he doesn't know the circuit very well. But coming to McLaren now, uh, we spoke about this a second ago. Kunal, of course, you discussed about Daniel Ricciardo, about his momentum. And it is superb seeing McLaren come up with such a win. And the important part is it was a win on merit. It wasn't just because, okay, there was a, an element of it involved because of the crash. But don't forget that Ricciardo was leading before it. And even, of course, all the way through, he was very good in qualifying as well. So you get a feeling that the win was purely on merit. So it begs to ask the question, can we take them seriously everywhere now, Knall, after this win? And, of course, a one-two might not be uh, possible everywhere, but... There's a genuine chance that they could just push the roof and Ricciardo now could just unlock a new level with this. Let's hope so. It, it, you know, for Daniel Ricciardo fans, and I'm yet to meet someone who's not his fan. Uh-huh. And uh, I love this question, you know, could, should we take McLaren seriously everywhere? And I think, yes, absolutely. You know, it has barely been a circuit that I remember this year where McLaren have struggled, right? And uh, if anything, it should be Ferrari who should be worried. Of course, they're debuting a new power unit. Uh, you know, with Charles Leclerc uh, this weekend to see how it goes. And then, you know, Carlos Sainz will have it at some point. But, uh, uh, you know, since uh, since Red Bull versus McLaren and, you know, Verstappen versus Hamilton is getting so toxic, uh, I can tell you with a lot of confidence because I've had a few, you know, listeners writing in saying they are excited to see McLaren versus Ferrari for P3. And that seems like a more more fair battle, if that's the word I could use. And, mm. and drivers are not as toxic towards each other, not crashing each other out, just driving the wheels off their machines. I mean, in Premier League terms, it would be like watching Leicester City versus West Ham. And we both know what it can happen with those teams. Of course, West Ham knocking out one Manchester United. I'm still sad about it, but we can speak about that on some other day. But with Ferrari Kunal, it's very interesting. Uh, they've been good around here recently. I think in 2019, it was when Charles Leclerc got pole position right here. Of course, the race has never really worked out for them in that year. But it's interesting where things can potentially historically be on their side. But considering McLaren's momentum, it's a hard ball, this one. And just like the top battle, you don't know who's going to be the one on top. And this is what we've been missing in Formula 1 for quite a while now, in, in one way. Yes, we have. You know, we've not seen such close competition and we've got to mention alpha tauri they'll be wanting mm. to bounce back they did score uh monza their home race was the only race this season they actually did not score points in so alpha tauri aston martin sebastian fettel they'll be wanting to bounce back and then of course the whole fernando alonso love story that continues you know he's he's made some interesting statements he said I wouldn't want to go against uh, Verstappen in a Red Bull and I'm still eyeing for my third title. So uh, lots of, uh, you know, lots of midfield uh, stories to follow as well. And I think, I think the, the most exciting will be, can Williams actually score again? Because they've been mm-hmm. on a scoring spree. So it's not, it's not uh, unlikely to expect them to see in the points and at least hope to see them in the points against Sonal. You're right, they actually got a point in Monza. We all forgot about it, but Russell did get a couple right there. And also, one story to track, does someone hit the outside wall of turn two again? Because Sainz did that. It was a meme-worthy moment. Let's see if someone actually does that on lap number one. But let's round off with the more special segment of this episode, right? It's time for the stats preview with Sundaram. Let's go in right here. And he genuinely has got quite a few fun ones. Let's begin. 
All right, the dust has finally settled after that action-filled Italian Grand Prix. And we're slowly coming to terms that Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren have won that race at Monza. So it's time to shift to Sochi for the Russian Grand Prix. And here's the stats preview. Now, this is going to be the 1050th Grand Prix in Formula One. And quite interestingly, all the milestone races in the hybrid era, the 900th, 950th, and 1000th race in Formula One have been won by Mercedes. So there's a very high chance of Mercedes taking that win once again. And I don't just mean because, and I don't just mean that because of that pattern, because Mercedes have a 100% win record at this particular circuit. The circuit was first uh, inaugurated in 2014, and in seven races, they have seven victories. And that is also a record for most consecutive wins at any one circuit. McLaren had six consecutive wins uh, uh, at Monaco between 1988 and 1993. Mercedes have chipped ahead and they could take an eighth consecutive race win at this particular circuit. But form is not necess- is not really on their side because Mercedes have won just one of the last 10 races and Red Bull have seven in the last 10 races. So although they have a very good record at this particular circuit, form is not really on their side so far. Uh, the Russian Grand Prix has always had a Russian driver on the grid. This year, it's going to be Nikita Mazepin. And before this, it was Daniel Kvyat and Sergei Sorotkin. And you would very well remember in 2016 that the torpedo struck the person who actually coined that term, uh, which was actually Daniel Kvyat running into Sebastian Vettel at the 2016 Russian Grand Prix, shortly after which Max Verstappen was brought into the Red Bull team. Uh, like Singapore and France, Russia has one of the highest pit lane time losses, which is close to 25 seconds. And that's a pretty big gap, uh, mainly because Russia has a pit lane a speed limit of only 60 kilometers per hour. So strategy is going to be very, very key. Teams are usually be going, uh, teams will usually go for a one-stop strategy here, but strategy is going to be very, very important. So keep an eye out when teams pit and I have a feeling that Mercedes will have a few plans up their sleeve to try and take the win and try to keep Max Verstappen at bay and and lastly pole position at this particular circuit isn't very effective only 28 percent of the pole sitters have one year and the last and the last driver to do so was Nico Rosberg in 2016. Now why isn't pole all that important over here? We've covered that extensively uh, during in, in our latest newsletter so definitely check that out. If you've not subscribed do drop us a, a DM on our social media channels or if you've already subscribed check your email and and get to know why pole isn't the best place to start from at this particular circuit. So that is the stats preview of the Russian Grand Prix. I'll catch you at the next one. The omens really are looking good for Mercedes, aren't they? Uh, the historical part of it and then, of course, the F1 heritage races as well. It's crazy how good the stats from F1 Stats Guru are. So check out the links in the description to know where you can find more of his work on Twitter or Instagram everywhere. But Kunal, really, the omens for Mercedes look bright. Are they the ones in your prediction list for this weekend? It has to, you know, it, it, you have to be really bold after hearing Sundaram's, uh, you know, after hearing Sundaram's stats review to not choose Mercedes for a win. You've got to really be bold. And I'm going to take that bold step. I think it's going to be uh-huh. Max Verstappen up for the win. I think there is going to be a battle between 
Max and Lewis, but they may they may not crash this weekend. It's too soon for them to crash again. That's how I'll see it. <laughs> Should be fun if they actually do. I think I'm going to go for Max Verstappen as well right here. So it's a full house right here on Pitch the Podium. But what is your take, folks? Let us know your thoughts down below in the comments or reach out to us on social media. Once again, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope we've given you just a few reasons to stay awake over the course of this weekend of the Russian GP. Again, folks, have a good weekend and see you on Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.